This latest conflict, or perhaps I should say this intensification of the conflict in the Middle East, comes at a time of what, at least to me, looks like increased levels of conflict around the world. So since the end of the pandemic, we've had Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We've had the situation in the Middle East. On our own continent, there's the war in Sudan, more conflict in Ethiopia, the coups in West Africa, the continued insurgency in the Sahel. Dr. Kwairisha Ismail Suleiman is a postdoctoral fellow, research fellow at the National Institute for the Humanities and Social Sciences at the University of Pretoria. Dr. Suleiman, good morning to you and thank you for your time. All of these conflicts, whether it's uh, Israel and Palestine or Ukraine or Sudan, they all have their own root causes and dynamics and histories. Is there any particular reason why we're seeing so much conflict in different parts of the world at the moment? Hi, good morning and thank you for this opportunity. Um, Well, the reality is that it's not any different. There has always been conflict in the world. I think what happens is people sit up and take notice when it's uh, affecting a very particular victim. So the correct opening question would be is that why is there so much more um, attention and sympathy uh, with regards to conflicts in certain places when the West rears its ugly head there? Uh, and this is bound to be chaotic and the violence is bound to escalate. So the, the real aspect here is about Western civilization and its influence on peace or war. And it shows the double standards um, within Western civilization because if you think about it, all of the people who are reacting now, I mean, now suddenly, you know, Ukraine is big, Palestine, Israel is big, um, there is a certain amount of sympathy, etc. It's because there is um, the sudden care for the loss of life, which shows that the loss of life is not something that touches people generally, when I'm talking specifically about a particular category, meaning those who fall in the ballpark of the West. They do not care about the loss of life of people generally. They care only about about the loss of life that refers to them, specifically so to white life. And that's why now we sing such a big hoo-ha about everything. But I mean, if you look at Africa, if you look at the Middle East, if you look at all these countries, there's been loss of life on a daily basis. So, I mean, when Obama was in power, I mean, he bombed a Muslim-majority country every day and count the amount of lives that were lost every day. Was that covered? So, so, Dr. Suleiman, all of that may be true, but that still doesn't explain why in Africa we've had so many coups, such a big insurgency in the Sahel, and what really looks like to me like a civil war in Sudan, never mind the situation in Ethiopia. I mean, what's creating all of this at the same time? So it is, if you look at the situation, people in the Sahel all over Africa, etc., have a particular historical context. And that historical context is the way in which societies have uprooted and inverted through various violent processes that came as a result of Western civilization. So what happens is that we know, you know, you've covered the, the world situation in, in, in many years, for many years, um, the way in which lands were arbitrarily uh, divided, societies were divided. And all of this has infiltrated into um, the political life. So Westerners have imposed a way of living upon people in the world because every day is backwards day in the West. Bad is good, good, wrong is right. And it's the way the West functions. You know, they they self-identify as virtuous, moral, righteous, freedom-loving people, but nobody really believes or sees the West like that. And so they impose, this West self-delusion is imposed upon people. And yes, there is agency. I agree with you. Africans have agency. People have agency. But there is a systemic 
there was and still is a systemic approach to the way in which people conduct their ways, which is to try and force them to, to sub subjugate themselves into a Western system and a Western way of life. And the minute you move away from this forced consensus, then, of course, uh, you know, you become the target. OK, but hold uh, on. You, you, so, so, so only the West is responsible. Is that your argument? No, I said we're, uh, Africans have agency, people have agency. Sure. So we have agency, yes. And, okay. and to a certain so, level, that agency impacts on how we behave. Okay, well, to a certain level. But I mean, Sudan is caused by, rarely, if you get down to it, two different generals who are fighting for power. Um, you, they may be using Western-designed weapons. They may uh, be fighting in a country which was, to an extent, defined by the West because of colonialism. I accept all of those things. But it's still two people who are fighting for power. Exactly. But I mean, how? what is the situation in the Sudan and what has been the situation in the Sudan for the longest of time? Who are the foreign powers that have intervened and interfered in Sudan for the longest of time? You can't just start at the day the two generals got up and started to fight. I mean, they're doing this. The media is doing this, the same thing in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. They wake up on Saturday and think that, you know, the conflict started here. It did not. You have to go back to the actual historical circumstances and see what is there, what has happened. I mean, Sudan is an oil-rich country. The minute you know that there is mineral resources there, you already know what the context is, who is doing what and what is influencing the other party. So there is no isolation here in which one looks at these things. I mean, it's easy to try and blame two black generals and say, look at these people, they can't live together. I mean, that's the typical narrative that wants to be created. But the story is far deeper than that. Dr. Karisha Ismail Suleiman, thank you. Postdoctoral Research Fellow at the National Institute for the Humanities uh, at the University of Pretoria.